Pam Padgett is a member of the body of Christ. How do I know? Because I have many witnesses in the form that God would speak to her and she would obey him. Also, that she called on God and he spoke to her by his spirit who is in her and she obeyed him. This is the way you can tell if another person is of God. For many come saying they're Christians. And Jesus said in the last days, many would be deceived because these people, many people are going to come saying they're Christians and saying Jesus is Lord. And they'll deceive many because they aren't really of God. So if you want to know who is of God, watch them. Those who are of God hear from God, for he speaks to his elect, and he guides them by his spirit. Romans 8:14 says, "As many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God." So you watch them to see if there's evidence that they are led by the spirit of God before you accept them really, as a Christian. Here is a whole bunch of evidence about Pam Paget hearing from God. And the main reason this is so important to you personally is that you see here is a member of the body of Christ that God speaks to. It's not a minister like I am or like Moses was or Paul, but this is a regular person in the body of Christ, although she does have spiritual gift of helps, which is listed in 1 Corinthians 12 down at the bottom of the chapter. So anyway, here are examples of God leading Pam. She did not want to record this herself, so she asked me to record it, which I'm doing for her. Pam says, in 1970, a boy in my class died in a motorcycle accident. For the first time in my life, I realized that someone my age could die. I knew that if I died that day, I would go to hell. See, God put that in her heart. He put that knowledge in her heart though she didn't recognize it was from God. Lots of times things feel like we think, but really it's God's thoughts who's speaking to us by his spirit. So she says, I also knew that if I died that day, I would go to hell, and that the rituals I had been taught in the Catholic Church could not save me. That was definitely from God. I strongly knew that my only hope was God. Now this God put in her heart. It wasn't her own thinking. It was from God. She was going to be born again by God, by his spirit. She says, so I started to pray. But I realized I didn't know who to pray to. We had been taught in the Catholic Church that there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, 
but I didn't know which one to pray to. And it was very important to me that this prayer be heard. So I started my prayer by saying, I know there is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, but I don't know which one to pray to, so please get this prayer to the right one. I always laugh when I read that. She says, then I asked that if there was any way possible to save me, to please do so. At the time she requested this, I think she'd already been born again because the minute God showed her she couldn't be saved through the Catholic Church, I think she was born again. After I prayed, my eyes were drawn to the following scripture, which was written on a bookmark. It strongly stood out to me and comforted me. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now I'm sure it was God giving me the understanding that the rituals of the Catholic Church could not save me and that God is my only hope and was drawing my attention to Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Pam says, a short time after this, where I turned to God, asking him to please save me, I began to realize that there was something of God in me. One example was when I was talking to a few girls, one of the girls said, you could never guess where I went yesterday afternoon. I knew within me where she had gone. I said, you went to the cemetery to Tommy's grave. She said that was correct and that I must have seen her there. I told her I had not seen her there, but they had gone on talking about other things and didn't seem to hear what I said. But it was obvious to me, says Pam, that there was no way I could have known that she had gone to the cemetery. It had to be that God had given me this information. There was something of God in me. Now I believe this was a word of knowledge from God. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Another example, Pam says, during my senior year of high school, when my family returned from visiting my sister at her college, a friend of my mom's called her. This friend's husband owned the record service in our small town. She told my mom there had been a serious car accident involving some of the boys from our high school, but she didn't know who the boys were. That night, says Pam, I was given a dream in which I was shown who had been in the accident and that Steve had been killed in it. 
The next morning, my mom spoke with her friend again on the phone and learned who had been in the accident. My mom came to my room to tell me, but before she said anything, I told her that I knew Steve had been killed in the accident. I think my mom assumed that I had overheard her talking with her friend, but I knew that God had told me by this dream. Although I knew that something of God was in me, it wasn't till a few years later that I saw the scriptures that showed me exactly what this was. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? Also the scripture in 1 Corinthians 6.19 What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? And this scripture stood out to me. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Pam says, During the last months of college, I rented a room in the home of a woman named Cindy. I had met her in the singles group at the church that I attended at that time. Now Pam has left the Catholic Church and gone to a non-denominational church. Cindy had been divorced twice and had a young daughter. At first she seemed content to remain single and raise her daughter, but then she began to look for another husband. I spoke with her and shared scriptures with her, warning her that she would commit adultery if she remarried. It was a big shock when she replied, quote, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what I believe, end quote. But God says in Romans 7, 2 and 3, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband, so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. 1 Corinthians 7, 10 and 11, Paul says, Unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. But, and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Also in... 1 Corinthians 7, verse 39. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. 
Then Pam says, I graduated from college and moved from Cindy's house shortly after this to a town that was about 30 minutes away from where this church group met. So I no longer attended the singles group meetings, but I still attended the Sunday morning service and sat with those in the singles group, visiting with them before and after the service. Someone told me that Cindy had become engaged to marry a man who also attended the singles group. I went to Terry and shared scripture with him, warning him about the adultery that would be committed if he and Cindy married since she was a divorced woman. Terry said he would consider these things, but he did not stop the wedding plans. Matthew 5.32 Whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. And Terry was just about to do this very thing. Then I heard that another woman that I had met at the singles group named Lisa was going to be maid of honor at Terry and Cindy's wedding. I went to Lisa and shared scripture warning of the adultery that would be committed by this marriage. But Lisa said that she knew this marriage was wrong, but that they would get married anyway, so she was going to go ahead and be the maid of honor. But in 1 Timothy 5.32, we are warned, neither be partakers of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. Pam says, then something very strange began to happen when I went to the Sunday morning church service. One Sunday morning, I got to the church a little early and sat in the area where those in the singles group sat, but none of the singles came to sit in that area. As the service was about to begin, I turned and saw that those in the singles group were sitting in an area which was behind the place where we used to sit. So I thought they had just selected another place to sit in the auditorium. The next Sunday, I sat in what I thought was the new singles group place. But those in the singles group sat in the old area of the church building. Then the following Sunday morning, I got to the church building shortly before the service began. I went to the place where the singles group were sitting, and I sat down beside them. Without saying a word, those in the singles group got up and moved away from me and sat in another area of the church auditorium. Now it was obvious to me that those in the singles group did not want to associate with me, but I didn't know why. It's so difficult for us to realize as new Christians, when we speak the word of God, they often get angry at us. But that frequently happens. In Matthew 10, Jesus said, You think I came to bring peace on earth. I came not to bring peace but a sword. Because that word divides us from the ones that aren't of God. 
And the ones that aren't of God can be in the church group easily. I cried out to God, says Pam, asking what was going on. Had I done something wrong? A few weeks later, a woman came to me after the Sunday morning service. And she said she had a word from God for me. She said God knew how those people in the singles group were treating me and that I needed to know it was because I had spoken to the various people involved in Cindy and Terry's wedding and that this is what he, God, had wanted me to do. Pam says it was so comforting to receive this word, for then I knew why this had happened and that I had done what was right in the sight of God. Then after this, in approximately 1983, I was sitting in the Metro Church Auditorium, says Pam, waiting for the Sunday morning service to begin. And I heard the following. What are you doing here? I told you to get out. Now get out. I became convinced this was God speaking. When I asked him when he had told me to get out of this church, I was reminded of the poison gas dream which Joan Boney had shared with us and warnings that she had given to us about those church groups that corrupt the word of God and were the apostate churches. The poison gas dream. Now that was given to me, to Joan Boney, in 1979. Destruction was everywhere. In this dream, a meeting was going on. A man was speaking to a room filled with people. I went in and began to listen. A second man rushed in and said, Stop. Wait. Can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. The first man resumed speaking. None of the people in the congregation seemed to be interested in what this second man had to say, but I was interested. I wanted to see what had already begun, so I looked out the window. Outside the building, there was a tall pole with a yellow civil defense-type speaker at the top of the pole. A gas was coming out of the speaker. I knew that gas was poisonous, and would kill the people. It was coming directly toward us. The thing that was so shocking to me was the very thing set there to warn us was being used to gas us to death. I looked at the man sit seated next to me. He had a big grin on his face. He was looking directly at the man who was speaking to the group. But then I saw, this man was a corpse. He was dead. I looked around the room and everyone else seemed to be dead. As I sat back in my chair and listened to the man who was speaking, I began to feel sleepy 
And I knew as I sat there among them, this gas was killing me too. And the dream ended. God was showing me the anarchy in the church groups at the time of the dream in 1979, and it is much worse today. After God showed me this, Pam says, I left that non-denominational church group at Metro Church. Metro Church was approving and performing marriage ceremonies in which the woman was divorced and they were approving for a man to marry a divorced woman exactly opposite to what Jesus was saying in the New Testament Bible in Matthew 5.32. They were also approving the divorced woman to marry after divorce, where in the New Testament Bible there are several scriptures saying, let not the wife depart from her husband, and if she departs, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and things like If she marries while her husband is still living, she commits adultery. You can look at 1 Corinthians 7, 10, 11, 1 Corinthians 7, 39, Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. Pam says, here is another example of God speaking to me. When my mom was very ill... In an intensive care unit, I asked God if I should go to Oklahoma to be with her and help her. I heard the following. To go there would be like stepping into a hill of fire ants, and your mom has everything she needs. I believed this word. When my mother recovered enough to go home, I spoke with her on the telephone. She told me of several people who had come to the hospital to see her. I realized that what these people tend to say and do is a grief to me. It is like being stung by fire ants, very painful and requiring me to need healing from God from the poison of their words and works. My mom also told me of the wonderful care she had received. She had everything she needed. Another example of God speaking to me. One day, my sisters called to tell me my dad was very ill and not expected to live more than a few days. And they told me that I needed to get to Oklahoma right away to be with him before he died. Pam says, I asked God what I should do. And I heard, quote, you've already said everything that needed to be said to your dad. I did not go to be with my dad. He recovered. A couple of weeks later, when I called to talk with my parents, my mom told me that my dad was out mowing the yard. When my dad died a few years 
later. He simply died in his sleep. After my dad died, I asked God if he would please let me know in some way whether my dad was born again. A few days later, says Pam, I was given a dream in which my dad was my brother. I believe God was showing me that my dad is my brother in Christ, born again. Pam says, A few years later, I recognized a change in my mother. She no longer spoke about other people and what they were doing. Instead, she spoke of reading the Bible and of things of God. She was changed, born again. Several months later, I was given a dream in which my mom was putting things in order. I believed I was being shown that she was putting things in her life in order and was about to die. She died about two weeks later. Pam says, here is another example of God speaking to me. In the year 2001, I was working at FedEx as a computer programmer in Colorado Springs. FedEx was moving their offices to an area north in Colorado Springs. I began looking for a house to buy in the area where I would be working. But none of the houses appealed to me. So I asked God to please show me what house to buy. I was given the idea to go through the information sheets that I had picked up about each house I had seen. As I did this, my attention was drawn to something about each house which showed that house would not work for me. One house woodwork. The Holy Spirit was showing me the truth about each of these houses as I went through the information about the houses. John sixteen thirteen says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to show us the will of God for us in this present life. Pam says, I arranged to again see the house for which I was not shown any problem. As I walked through the house, I began to see things I really liked about the house, but had missed the first time I went through the house. I purchased that house. This house has worked out perfectly for me throughout the 20 years that I have lived in it. In July 2018, 17 years after I bought the house, I began adding a bedroom on the main level of the house 
and I also turned the half bath into a full bath. I began this work in July 2018. On December the 6th, 2018, Joan Boney fell at her house in Texas. She had to have surgery with broken hip and broken left wrist. She was in a rehab hospital two and a half months. God showed each of us at that time that she would be moving to Colorado Springs and living in that new bedroom which I had just completed at my house. God had also told her she would never see her house in Texas again. After spending two and a half months in hospitals, Joan moved to Colorado from Texas in February 2019 and has lived in the main floor bedroom of my house since then, says Pam. It has worked wonderfully for me to have another member of the elect of God living right here in my house. And it also allows us to work together very easily on blogs, podcasts, and books. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Pam says, In the year 2005, I was engaged to be married. The man I was engaged to said he was a Christian. And then he began to tell me with much gladness that his son was engaged to marry a divorced woman. I told him that according to the Bible, his son would commit adultery if he married a divorced woman. Matthew 5:32 Jesus says this. After telling him what God has told us in the Bible about the adultery committed when a man marries a divorced woman, the man to whom I was engaged no longer wanted to marry me. Pam says I was quite upset. But then the Holy Spirit said to me, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And I knew immediately that this man that I had been engaged to was not a believer, although he said he was a Christian. But he did not believe the Word of God, and he did not uphold the Word of God nor did he want to be with another person who did uphold the word of God. It was a great comfort to me to be shown the truth about this man that I was engaged to marry, and it made me very grateful to God that I did not marry this man. God stopped me. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14-18 through 18. 
Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Pam says, in the year 2011, I was shown to leave my computer programming job at FedEx, taking an early retirement. The following scripture strongly caught my attention. Micah chapter 2 verse 10. Arise ye and depart, for this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you, even with a sore destruction. One of the scriptures called to my attention, says Pam, which I believed, and it set my course of faith in God for the remainder of my years. God says, Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Another scripture given to me, which has been very important, Matthew six thirty three, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Then Pam says, When my twenty-year-old cat was sleeping more and more and not as steady when she walked, I asked God how I would know the best time to put the cat to sleep. I heard, quote, You will see blood, end quote. A few weeks later, the cat vomited, and I saw blood in the vomit. Immediately, I was reminded of the word I had been given to know the time to put her to sleep. I did this immediately. It was a great comfort to me to have been given the best time to do this, to have God show me this. Here are some dreams God gave to Pam Paget. The first dream was in March 19, 2006. Pam says, I was in a rather small army, and we were about to be attacked by a much larger army. We were led to go into a room on an upper floor of a building. We knew the enemy would come there and that the battle would be in this room. There was a table and chairs in the room. 
although I thought about turning the table on its side to use as a type of shield. Other people had already started doing that. We didn't have weapons such as guns. We were given forks as weapons. The weapons of our warfare are very different from the weapons of man. There was a closet near the door through which the enemy would enter. I took a fork and went into the closet, leaving the door partially opened. Then the enemy started coming in through the door. I reached out of the closet, grabbed an enemy soldier, and stabbed the soldier several times with my fork. When that soldier fell, I reached and grabbed another soldier. After having done this several times, the enemy saw what I was doing, and three of them came to kill me. It looked totally hopeless for me. But then suddenly the fighting stopped. I asked the others in the army that I was in why the fighting stopped, and I was told that it was because I was being attacked. There was a rule that if a soldier was already injured, they could not be attacked. At first, I wondered how this pertained to me, but then I saw a small cut on my left arm. I don't think I was even aware of this during the battle, and it certainly hadn't stopped me from killing several of the enemy. But evidently, this was seen as a serious offense by those in power. So the fighting had been stopped, and the enemy army was held responsible for this by those in authority. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 22, Jesus says, And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Pam says, I was concerned that I had stabbed each enemy soldier several times, and I wondered if this was going to be against the rules. However, I was told that this was okay since I stabbed the soldier multiple times in the same attack. I hadn't set out to attack someone who was already wounded. As we waited in the room, we received word that the enemy had admitted they were wrong. We thought the fighting would now resume. But as we were waiting in the room for the enemy to return, we noticed through a window that the enemy troops were marching out of the city. The battle was over. I turned and told those in the room that this was God's doing, that we weren't destroyed by the enemy, and the battle was over, and they agreed. After waking from this dream, I was reminded, reminded of the following scriptures. Second Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I was also reminded of Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Pam says, I was also given another dream, February 27, 2020. There had been an explosion. Somehow it was known that the person responsible for this explosion had set up another explosion for a specific time. We even knew the approximate time the second explosion would come. I started to leave the building where I was working on the sixth floor before the second explosion was to take place. But just a few steps down the stairs, I remembered my purse and that all my identification was in it. I ran to where my purse was and got it. Then I proceeded to leave going down the stairs very quickly. I counted each floor as I passed by it, descending down the stairs. Some people were standing along the stairs talking. I could tell by their talk that they knew the explosion was supposed to be coming, but they didn't seem to have any sense of urgency. I didn't stop to try to persuade them to get out right away. Instead, I went around them and continued getting to the first floor so I could leave the building. I got out of the building and continued quickly on my way to leave the area. At one point, I was aware the second explosion had happened. There was a wall of glass doors in the outside area where I was. I went through one of the doors to the other side, getting as far away from the destruction as I could. I kept walking as quickly as possible. At one point, I saw a woman walking around with a dazed look. She was carrying a recorder, a recording device. I heard her say she was interviewing people who had been hurt or raped during this event. I kept walking as quickly as possible toward the parking lot so I could leave. After I awoke from this dream, I heard, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Acts chapter 2 verse 40 And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Untoward means warped, winding, perverse, crooked, forward, inappropriate, offensive, and willful generation.
In one other dream, Pam reported, July 9th, 2020, there was a war going on. The enemy was coming to the house where I was. I thought I would be safe if I went to an area behind the house and sat on a chair behind a large tree until the enemy left. I got a chair and started out the back door of the house, but then I noticed movement in the trees behind the house. I knew the enemy was in that area as well and that it wouldn't be safe to go to the big tree where I had planned to go. I was trapped. With the enemy approaching the front of the house and the enemy already in the trees behind the house. Then the war was suddenly over, and the enemy had lost the war. As people were moving about in the aftermath of the war, I walked away safely. As I awoke, I was reminded of this scripture, Matthew 24, verses 21-22. Jesus says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. And this ends Pam's written testimony.